Hello, everyone. This is Joan D. Martin, author of The Poverty Trap, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. The title of today's post is Our First-Time Homebuyer Shut Out of the Market. Increasingly, the answer is yes. Here's a friendly reminder. This is the first post under this newsletter's new name, The Poverty Trap, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. And the new URL is povertytrap.substack.com. This newsletter was previously known as Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. Your transition to the new URL will be automatic, I'm told. And please see my last post explaining the name and URL change here. And don't forget, this post goes out to both free and paid subscribers. But if you are not already a paid subscriber and value this effort and our growing community, please consider upgrading to a paid membership. Thank you. I'm going to start with a quote from Forbes magazine dated August 21st, 2023. Quote, the income needed to purchase a starter home has been steadily increasing for over a decade and jumped 13% in the last year alone. As a result, many young people turn to family for help when getting onto the first rung of the housing ladder. End quote. Many Americans are finding it difficult to buy a home in this market, with prices rising, supply dwindling, and mortgage interest rates hitting nearly 7%. Younger adults in particular find it difficult to purchase their first home. The average price of what today is considered a starter home is $243,000, up 13% from last year and 45% higher than pre-pandemic numbers, according to a June 2023 report by Redfin. Putting down 20% to avoid mortgage insurance and keep monthly payments affordable means having an extra $48,600 lying around, or more likely getting help from living family members or an inheritance. See the upward trend of the cost of starter homes with Redfin's chart below. It's quite eye-popping, I would say. And plenty of young folks are indeed getting down payment money or other financial help from family, according to a Redfin survey and reported in the Forbes article mentioned above. 38% of buyers under 30, now dubbed Nepo homebuyers receive family help to purchase their first home. Of course, this is a positive for a good-sized hunk of our next generation because they will begin to build wealth, not only for themselves, but for their children and grandchildren. But those who don't have high-paying jobs and or help from family are priced out of the market, and at least for now, priced out of the opportunity to build intergenerational wealth. This cycle 
families with some wealth getting the opportunity to build more wealth through home ownership increases wealth inequality in our country and might be one of the hardest poverty traps to break. Most of the traditional media I've referred to here give only passing reference, if at all, to what forces are limiting the supply of starter homes. And one of the major players is Wall Street investment companies that buy up smaller homes in slightly less desirable neighborhoods, almost exclusively with cash offers, and then rent them at exorbitant rates. In the first quarter of this year, investors bought nearly 18% of the starter home market, limiting the supply for individual buyers and driving up prices for the remaining homes for sale. Here's a quote from Redfin again from May 21st of this year, quote, while investors are purchasing fewer homes than they were before the pandemic, their market share remains relatively high. They bought 17.6% of homes purchased in the metro areas tracked by Redfin in the first quarter. That's down from from a peak of 20.4% a year earlier, but higher than any quarter on record prior to the pandemic, end quote. There is a smidgen of hope, though. Investors purchasing of individual homes substantially slowed this year. Apparently, the market isn't quite as lucrative as it was during the pandemic, and there had been a rise in private groups attempting to lower housing costs by encouraging more home building. One of these groups that has a, has had a strong impact in the last few years is Yes in My Backyard, or YIMBYs. The group is a grassroots effort that lobbies municipalities to relax some zoning standards, often recommending eliminating zoning for single-family homes altogether, and permitting standards in order to build more multifamily units and more affordable housing. And if the acronym sounds familiar, the organization started in part as a counter to the Not In My Backyard or NIMBY movement that's been both vocal and successful for decades. As much as I want to see more homes built, particularly multifamily buildings, as a way to lower the overall cost of home ownership, I worry about the almost certain environmental degradation, additional development, coupled with loosening of permitting requirements, and time frames will bring. Other ideas, like eliminating or at least minimizing investor purchasing of existing single-family homes, public money directed towards renovating existing homes and neighborhoods, and helping those with low incomes to purchase homes with direct subsidies, might help the housing crisis too. And spreading the wealth built the wealth building opportunities of home ownership will help even out the burgeoning inequality gap. I think I pronounced that wrong. Burgeoning inequality gap? Thank you. Um, What are your thoughts on the home ownership crisis we're having in America 
Do you favor additional housing developments to drive down prices? Let me know in the comments section below. And please consider supporting Crime and Punishment with a free or paid subscription. Your financial support will allow me to continue writing and expanding this newsletter with primary source statistics and podcast interviews. Thank you in advance for your financial support of my writing. You can sign up right here. And as always, thank you so much for listening and reading The Poverty Trap, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. I'll see you next time.